Junior Jewels. I'm Carly. And I'm Jess. And we are the hosts of Typical Tuesday Night, a, a Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jess. And I'm Carly. And if you don't follow us on social media, you may not know this, but I'm pregnant. Yay. And woo, yeah, <laughs> I'm super excited to bring another little Swifty into the world, force all of my children to love her as much as I do. Yes. Your boys are so cute. They are, yeah. We'll see. Swifty boy or Swifty girl will be, you'll know soon, right? I know, yeah. Crazy. Exciting. Okay, well, we are going to continue on with our reputation series today. And today we're going over the reputation era. So we did this for 1989 as well, but we're basically just going to go through kind of like Everything you need to know for the era, kind of the marketing and the the branding, as well as like what Taylor was doing during this time and who she's dating and just kind of the yeah. like lifestyle things around the era, not necessarily the, the music yeah. yet. So absolutely. And I think we have to start this episode with this quote because I just feel like it's the mantra for the reputation era. And that's when Taylor says, there will be no further explanation. There will just be reputation. Mic drop. I know, like for real. <laughs> and I'm like, that explains the entire reputation era. Yeah. It it's really just does. like, I don't need to explain anything I'm doing. I'm just going to let this album speak for itself. Yeah. And that's kind of what she did. Mm-hmm. For sure. So let's go over a few things that were happening right before she released Reputation that we don't really feel like fits into the 1989 era and is more prominent in the Reputation era. It's kind of in between, but leans more Reputation. And so Kanye released the song Famous in February of 2016, and we did a whole podcast episode on the entire Kanye and Taylor Swift feud, and that goes into way more detail about the release of that song. So make sure to check that out if you missed it. Yeah. Cause that's going to be an important part of reputation, but we didn't feel like we needed to discuss that whole thing again. So the other thing that we want to talk about is something we didn't really discuss in our 1989 era episode either. And that is when she dated Tom Hiddleston. I feel like it's that awkward era that we discussed with red and 1989 mm-hmm. where it's like, well, I guess technically she dated you during red, but all the songs are on 1989. Is that like awkward? Like where does the era begin? Yeah. And, and it's like where she wrote the music. Yeah. Slash where the music is released. Yeah. It's just like so weird. So yeah. Tom just always reminds me of the rep era because that's where his songs are. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're going to talk about it here. Yes, and we will do an entire episode on Tom someday, but just for timeline's sake, they shared a dance at the Met Gala in May of 2016, and at the time, she was currently dating Calvin Harris, which she ended ended things with him at the beginning of June 2016. She was then caught making out with Tom at the beach near her Rhode Island home in June of 2016, so really quickly after. Yeah. And apparently a source told us weekly that they called it quits after three months of dating. And that came out, that came out on September 6, 2016. Um, If you haven't listened to our episode on the disappearance of Taylor Swift, you're probably going to want to listen to that as well, because right now is where we're at that point where she kind of disappears. 
And we go into more details of why and what happens and all of that in that episode. So you're going to want to listen to that to give yourself the background that you need. But a couple of key things is in November of 2016, she disappeared and she was seen twice um, that next year. One of those was in February of 2017. She performed at Super Saturday Night. And then we see her again for her court case in August 2017, which we also talked about in that episode. So you'll definitely want to listen to that. But um, one thing she was said, or one thing she said was she felt people might need a break from her. And so then she just kind of disappeared. And I always think of that disappearance and it's kind of like, okay, you don't hear anything from Taylor. You didn't see anything from Taylor. I forgot that she released I Don't Want to Live Forever during that time. Yeah. December 9th of 2016, like right after she disappeared and then she just stays disappeared. And that song is huge. It is. And I don't know, like, I don't know the timeline of, cause that song was in, it was in 50 shades Uh of gray. Was it specifically for 50 shades of gray or was it just in it? You know, like, yeah, I'm not sure on that, but I'm not either. Um, that is a really interesting timing because it's such a random song. Like it's just, yeah. it's just by itself. Yeah. And so to release it then, I mean, it's a collaboration I mean, yeah. too. So it was probably, and I'm sure before. they had like finished it prior. It yeah. almost makes me wonder like how soon did they have it finished and ready to go before everything just culminated Happened. to a point where she was like, I, like, yeah. I'm disappearing. Yeah. Like, fine, we can release it then, but like, I'm not going to do a whole lot with it. the release date or did it change yeah, at all because yeah. of everything going on? I don't know. Interesting. So interesting. Yeah. But then in May 2017, it was confirmed that Taylor wasn't just in hiding, but she was in a relationship with Joe Alwyn. And that had been since the end of September 2016, beginning of October 2016. And she said she just wanted to get to know him away from the spotlight. And so she moved to London, which was his hometown. Yes. And Taylor said that at this time she felt alone and really bitter. She said, I felt sort of like a wounded animal lashing out. I figured I had to reset everything. I had to reconstruct an entire belief system for my own personal sanity I also was falling in love with someone who had a wonderfully normal, balanced life. We decided together we wanted our relationship to be private. Even though Taylor's 2016 was truly horrible, she was happy. But I, but she said, I wasn't happy in the way I was trained to be happy. It was happiness without anyone else's input. We were just happy. So cute. So cute. I know well, and it's probably struggle with Joe now, but it's really yeah. important to remember this time of Taylor. For and sure. And I think that this is exactly what she needed. And that happiness in a sense of just like a normal balanced life with not the way she was trained to be happy or getting happiness from everybody else, which I think was how she was viewing life in 1989 era, mm-hmm. that this probably just felt so peaceful too. Yeah. It was like exactly what she needed. So as sad as it is that she disappeared for our own sake, I think that she really needed it. I agree. And so Taylor was just away in London getting to know Joe and writing Reputation, but it was weird going from 1989 Taylor to this Taylor. We're so used to seeing her everywhere at this point. It was so weird. I also found this interesting. 
um, when I was like doing research on the era, there was a 2019 Rolling Stones interview. And she said that she actually followed the songwriting for her 2014 single Blank Space, which is just like a satire of the criticism that she like had received. But she used that same vibe to write reputation from the perspective of like a character that other people believed her to be. And I was like, oh, like it makes total sense. But I had never heard that yeah. she said that. Well, and like you in some of the songs, you kind of can pick up on that a little bit. But yeah. if you know that's like the main point of view she's coming yeah. from, it kind of makes you like listen to the songs, songs a little different. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, okay, well, now I need to go re-listen. Yes. I love that. And so she worked with a few people during this time to make music, but it's weird to think we never saw this happen. Recording sessions with Jack Antonoff mostly took place at his home studio in Brooklyn with several trips to Atlanta and California for him to incorporate ideas from other producers. He wanted Taylor to capture her emotions at a particular time when Quote, you can feel like you can conquer the world or you can feel like the biggest piece of garbage that ever existed, resulting in a very intense record. As Taylor wanted to record the album in secrecy, Antonoff kept his studio computer offline to prevent a possible internet leak and deleted the trials once the mixing and mastering was finalized. Dang. That's wild. Yeah. So it's very, very secretive. Very secretive. Well, and it's weird to think... Because right now, like, we see her frequently in the studio. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, not a big deal. It's like, oh, yeah, Taylor's, like, working on music. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why. It was, like, I knew she was away, and I knew she was recording, but she was disappeared. So it's, I don't know. It's just, like, weird for me to think that, no, she was frequently in the U.S., Mm -hmm. and nobody saw her. Yeah. It's, like, if I think we talked about this in a previous episode. It's, if she doesn't want to be seen, she's not going to be seen. Yeah. If she if she's okay being seen, mm-hmm. she's okay with it. Yeah. But also the fact that he went, like, I'm going to keep my studio computer offline. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to prevent everything. Yeah. It was wild. I thought that was really cool. I kind of love that he was so... I don't know, because that's probably a lot of effort on his part. And Oh, yeah. So that's, like, cool that he was just like, oh, yeah. We're going to do this the way we need to do it. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure they became closer friends because of that, too. And I wonder if that's, like, why they've stayed connected for so long. Yeah. Too. I don't know. Just interesting. But so after not seeing her for a while and prior to announcement of Reputation, she deleted everything and then just off her social media. And she ends up posting those three mysterious videos of, like, a writhing snake. And a lot of fans believe that this was her attempt to like reclaim this snake image that she was branded with after her feud with Kanye and Kim. But she also did no campaigns, no press interviews, which she had done a lot of in the past. And so it seemed to just be all based on using social media, which I feel like worked really well in 2017. Mm -hmm. Like social media was peak Mm -hmm. at that time. It was huge. Yeah. So it honestly was kind of a genius plan. For sure. But I almost feel like we should talk really quick about what's happening, honestly, like today. Yeah. Because we were just talking about it before we recorded. So at this time of recording, I don't know, like, depending on when this goes live, because if you guys don't know, we record early so that everything's prepped and ready. (laughs) So we're not like, ah, we need an episode. But as of right now, there's a lot. Yeah, there you go. January 20th. Nothing has been announced for reputation yet. (laughs) But 
a lot of Taylor's friends and family have been changing their Instagram profile pictures to black and white. Yeah. And, and it's just like too many to be it's like, a wait a second. And some of, a few of them were, we know were already black and white yeah. before now, but some examples are Martha Hunt, Lily Aldridge, Esty Haim, Kaylee, Keely Teller, um, Blake Lively, Gracie Abrams, Gigi Hadid, Travis Kelsey. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Taylor Lautner, which Taylor Lautner and Blake's we know were, were black, black and white before. before. And Austin Swift. But all of their profile pictures right are now, now black are and black white. and white. And I am just waiting for Selena Gomez. Oh, yeah. Black and, white. and as soon as that does, like you said, we're all going to lose our minds. Yeah. Like, I am on the edge of my seat. I know. We keep, like, we have to, like, put our phones down. Like, stop looking to see if anybody else is changing their profile picture. But it just, like, fit so perfectly because we were talking about the 19, or, oh my gosh, we were talking about the reputation era and how she mainly just used social media to promote it. Yeah. So it just feels so perfect mm-hmm. for her to get her friends on board to start promoting reputation TV. Taylor's version on social media. Yes. Oh my gosh. I am I just, just can't wait to see what's coming. Me too. I feel uh, like there's so many theories and clowning and all that yeah. happening surrounding like reputation Taylor's version coming out. And I just am to the point where I think it is just going to be more epic than we can imagine. Oh. And I don't even know at this point when or what to expect. Yeah. I just know it's going to be amazing. <laughs> And, like, a huge Uh, deal. I think this is going to be probably her biggest. I mean, we already talked about how we're, like, super excited for her to release debut. And that's going to be really special. Yeah. But I think this one specifically is just, there's going to be a lot that goes into it. Like, she's going to make it big. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just, like, her mind, she's a mastermind. She is. And it's just, like, what, what is coming for me? I don't even know. Yes. But I can't wait. I know. <gasps> so on August 23rd, she announced on Instagram that the title Reputation, the title was Reputation and released the cover art. Many media outlets interpreted the design as mockery at the media scrutiny. So it's like a black and white image of Taylor in kind of like her grungy look. And then there's like, like the, the, typography of reputation is like feels kind of it's like calligraphy not calligraphy but like old timey yeah and then there's like faded almost like newspaper type look going over like half her face and um she said she said (laughs) i um it was this is kind of funny, but it was listed among the worst album covers of 2017 by Billboard and Exclaim. Which I'm is, just like, wow. I mean, that's like not something that you normally see for Taylor, for Taylor Swift. Yeah. And like we talked like about what? in another episode, like it just was so shocking. Like, yeah. This was just such a different yes. vibe from Taylor that everyone was just kind of like, what, what is happening? Yeah. yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And we don't have the music yet. Like, yeah, no, it's no a good music. point. We have we no know idea what what's coming. Expect. Yeah. It's just like, oh, like, my goodness. What? Yeah. yeah. 
So then on August 24th, the next day, Look What You Made Me Do was the first single that was released. And it's funny because I remember listening to it and being like, well, this is different, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like me too. Oh, okay. But I also remember being so excited because Taylor was also collaborating with ESPN to preview the second single, which is Ready For It. Um, and they were going to do that during a college football match on September 2nd. And we love college football at our house. And we had friends over to like watch the game. And I made sure I was like, it wasn't even our team. But I was like, we are watching this game so I can hear the preview of this song because I need to hear it as soon as it is released. And I do remember liking Are You Ready For It more than Look What You Made Me Do. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give you guys a little misheard lyric here. (laughs) I originally (laughs) heard the lyrics wrong and I knew it was wrong because in my head I kept hearing, baby, let jugheads begin. And I knew there was no way that was right. (laughs) But, like, that's all I can hear now, too, because I just think it's funny. Like, it just, like, takes me back to that time. Yeah. But I also blame it on the fact that I was currently watching Riverdale. Yeah. And, like, one of the characters' name is Jughead. But I always am like, baby, let Jugheads begin. And I'm like, why am I singing it like this? But it's, like, a fun memory. But I thought that was really cool that she did collaborate with ESPN to preview that. Yeah. It was epic. It was really cool. I was stoked. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So just as she had done for previous albums, she did do secret sessions for the album, which I'm kind of surprised about. I am too. Where like, I mean, this was not a secret session. This was a top secret. Oh, yeah. Secret. That's true. Yeah. Because like she's even more. I mean, they're all secret. But like, can you imagine Getting contacted no. by the disappeared no. Taylor Swift that you're going to go to a secret session at her house. I would even just die music. if she had reached out to me. I know, but like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is the craziest album for her to have a secret session for. But for I sure. also love that it shows still how important her fans are to her. For sure. That even though she's disappeared, even though she's had a hard time, she knew like, this is something that I love to do, and this is something that I want to do, and I I want to include my fans in this. So yeah. even though, like, she probably wasn't I, – I think at this point she's in a better place. Yeah. But – For sure. The fact that she still went through with it when she didn't need to mm-hmm. is way cool. Yeah. For sure. So between her Rhode Island, Los Angeles, London, and Nashville homes, she hosted 500 fans in total – And behind-the-scenes footage was released on Good Morning America on November 7th, 2017. I didn't know about that. I, like, want to go find that now. I know. I can't remember if I saw it or not. Because I I feel like I've seen that footage. Okay. Of, like... I know I've seen footages of one, but I don't remember it being... That one? Yeah, but I don't know what other one, now that I think about it. Like, what other one would it have been? Yeah, I don't know. I doubt she... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so on November 10th, the album was released and sold 1.2 million copies its first week, making Taylor the only artist in history to have three albums debut with over 1 million first week sales, which is pretty impressive seeing as how the first single that came out just like (laughs) threw everyone for a loop. It really did. The cover art was shocking. Yeah. (laughs) 
she and still the fact crushed that it, it. Still crushed because her I know. fans trust her yeah. and are excited to see what she what art she's making, yeah. You know? And I I want to talk about this more when we because we'll do an episode next week about the actual album, so we'll kind of talk about this then too. But you had to buy the album because she pulled this from streaming. Oh yeah, and I always forget that. Yeah, this is and the it's really interesting that this was the time where streaming really started to pick up too, where mm-hmm. people stopped buying albums and they mainly went to streaming. And so the fact that in that era, people still were like, yeah, like I'll go buy your album instead of just waiting for it to go on streaming, I yeah. think says a lot too. For sure. They had to make that extra effort. Yeah. So let's talk about kind of the reputation era and just like the vibe of it. So it is considered her most kind of dark um, vibe. I mean, everything we'd seen before, I mean, 1989 was very bright, happy, Mm -hmm. fun. Even red was like a little emotional, but it was still pretty upbeat girly vibes like friend vibes Mm -hmm. a little hipstery you know you think speak now pretty prom dresses and so then you think and i think that's like why you said it was so shocking yeah to all of a sudden see her super dark and everything from like her clothing and her makeup consisted of darker colors black white red and like you'd get like snake like greens in there and her makeup was a lot heavier with darker tones and super bold lips mm-hmm. um and her style was a lot more grunge and her hair was a lot more natural it kind of had that like beach wave curly style um so it was just very different from everything we had seen so far but after listening to the album it's like oh yeah this fits yeah like this is what for sure. it needed to be yeah for sure So let's talk about how during the Reputation era, apart from when she was playing shows, Taylor basically completely stopped making public appearances. So while she was, she wasn't, she hadn't disappeared again, but she was not doing all the things anymore. She used to be a regular, she used to regularly be seen at award shows since the beginning of her career, but starting with the release of Reputation, she mostly remained absent from red carpets, and it wasn't just award shows. She was also rarely spotted by paparazzi, which was a big contrast when you consider that a couple of years prior, barely a day went by without Taylor being photographed by yeah. paparazzi. Which, I mean, I've said it before, but if she wants to be seen, she'll be seen. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just like blows my mind to be to think of her knowing what to do to not be seen. Yeah. And then the times where she's like, yeah, okay. Like, I'll, I'll let you see me. It also kind of makes you like, she's like so in control. I know. But, and it also makes you think, so like for right now, present yeah. day, she's seen all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. But she's not seen all the time. It just feels like she's seen all the time because we are seeing lots of pictures of her. Yeah. It makes you wonder like what else she's doing. Yeah that we don't know or we're not seeing or like, you know, like we see when sometimes when she goes to dinner with her friends or hangs out with her friends, there's times that we do that stuff and we don't know. Or, well, you think about, we didn't know that her and Travis had been dating Mm -hmm. long before she went to that first game. Yeah. It was very, she didn't want us to know. Yes. Oh, she's so incredible. I know. (laughs) 
Um, so Taylor also had basically stopped going to interviews as well. And her posts on social media were, there like, were not a ton of them. Her TV appearances were rare. Um, and if she did go on TV, they exclusively consisted of performances. So she did do a couple. She was a musical guest to Tiffany Haddish's Saturday Night Live host in November of 2017. And then she gave a surprise performance on Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show in lieu of an interview. And I actually my just heart. recently saw this. You hadn't seen this? No. <gasps> oh, my I gosh. know. So if you guys don't know, she played New Year's Day um, because he mentioned that his mom had passed away and she used to squeeze his hand three times to say, I love you. And I'm like. No, literally. Oh, my gosh. And it, it was. We'll have to post it so we'll people can see. We'll post it and we'll link it in the show notes, like the YouTube video of it. It is the sweetest thing. It really was. Because it was it was very this? coincidental, too. Like, she wrote those lyrics herself. Like, the, yeah. Squeeze your hand three times in yeah. the back of a taxi. And, his, yeah, his mom had passed, like, not that long before. And so it was just, like, a really cute coincidence yeah. moment that was like super special especially because they're like pretty good friends yeah like they're close For sure and so that was and so i think special. it's cool that she i mean she wasn't doing a lot of stuff yeah but it does go to show you how close she is that she would, would do that there. for him yeah which is really cool um and then she had been on covers of both british vogue and then harper's bazaar since making her comeback but the magazines didn't publish interviews it was just like covers or pictures her vogue cover was accompanied by a poem that was written exclusively for the magazine and then the harper's bazaar taylor ended up taking the role of the interviewer and she interviewed patty boyd who's a 60s icon so i just thought that was really interesting you could tell that she didn't want to be asked or talk about anything that had been happening it was seemed very much I'm going to let my music do the talking. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So the biggest thing really to come from the Reputation era was the tour. The Ooh. tour was the highest grossing North America tour of all time with 266.1 million gross for North America in total. The Reputation Stadium tour grossed 345.7 <sighs> million. It encompassed 53 shows across four continents and wrapped up on November 21st, 2018 in Tokyo, Japan. That's wild. That is crazy. Especially to think that was five years ago. Yeah. And we went. We went. <laughs> and it was epic. It really, that tour, I when I was doing research, I read somewhere too that somebody had mentioned their love of the album really grew mm -hmm. when they went to the tour. I think that happened and for I, so many. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I just think that. There was something about seeing those songs performed live and seeing the production of it that just really made it just intensified even more. the storytelling. Yeah, too. Yeah, and that was kind of a special tour for Carly and I. Although we didn't go together <laughs> again, we, we were at the exact same show. We just were not sitting. One together. of these times, we will go. I know. And so, but it was the first time that Taylor, Taylor has always had always previously come to our local area of Salt yeah. Lake City, Utah. And she, this was the first time she was not stopping here on her tour. And so we traveled to um, California for this tour, which was a first so experience, good. Taylor yeah. Swift experience for us to travel for, oh, yeah. which was 
Super and that's fun. when I realized, okay, I'm committed. I'm committed. <laughs> you are my person, Taylor. Yeah. I will do anything for you. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it means I have to go on a vacation to, <laughs> to see, you play. yeah, to see you play. What a bummer for me. <laughs> So I love that she said this on the tour the first night in Glendale, Arizona. She said, I went through some really low times for a while because of everything. I went through some times when I didn't know if I was going to get to do this anymore. And I wanted to send a message to you guys that if someone uses name calling to bully you on social media, and even if a lot of people jump on board with it, that doesn't have to beat you. It can strengthen you instead. It's like, oh, another mic drop moment. Yes. And I love that she does this frequently Mm -hmm. with whatever she has learned from a situation. She takes it, she learns from it, and then she shares that with her fans. Absolutely. Like, yeah, look, I went through some really hard times. I didn't even think I was going to be able to, like, continue my career. Like, I thought I was done and canceled Mm -hmm. and over. But look, I got through it. I learned that it doesn't have to beat you. and you guys can learn that same thing too. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're amazing. That is so good. Like goosebumps. I know. So the show at AT&T stadium in Arlington, Texas was recorded and released as a Netflix exclusive on December 31st, 2018. Unfortunately, just as of a couple weeks ago, yeah. it is gone off Netflix. Don't know if it will move to another streaming service or, what yeah it'll be interesting but it was i know it really was i'm glad i watched it right before it i mean 2018 it was there for five years yes that's crazy yeah because yeah didn't it go away on december 31st yeah 2023 so yeah five years i wonder if that was always the plan i wonder if they had like a five-year contract contract. probably because five years that just seems like a Mm -hmm. contract type thing yeah anyway okay you guys when i was doing research for this I seriously found so many quotes and I was like, I love this one. I love this one. I love this one. So anyway, I'm throwing in another one because Taylor said that the reputations tour put me in the healthiest, most balanced place I'd ever been. After that tour, bad stuff can happen to me, but it doesn't level me anymore. I'm like, yes. She just owned her power. She really did. Like she took the bad stuff. Yeah. She wrote music from it. She made art from it. And then she went and sing it with her fans and it just really like like it held her her yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely i just love that i'm like oh good for you and especially i love that she said put me in the healthiest most balanced place i've ever been yeah because i do think that wasn't the case prior to even like her disappearing i think 1989 Mm -hmm. had a lot of unbalanced unhealthy yeah vibes surrounding it and we talk about that in that album um, episode that we did so to hear her now on this side just three years later mm-hmm. to hear that she is in the healthiest most balanced place she's ever been you just love it for her. love yes. it love it and so another big part of reputation era was that taylor's contract with big machine records ended on november 10th 2018 which also marked the one-year anniversary of reputation And then on November 19th, 2018, Taylor announced that she had signed a deal with Universal Music Group and Republic Records, effective immediately. The terms were not officially released, but we learned it could be worth anywhere from $100 million in guarantees to perhaps $200 million, according to Forbes. So much money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Likely more important to Taylor than the dollar amount, Universal lets her keep her future master recordings, which should revert to her five years after the release of each song. Okay, finally, I feel like we have to talk about how during this era was when she finally got political. (laughs) And we see this in the Miss Americana video, how she was so upset that before this time, she hadn't spoken out about anything that she really believed in and how everybody around her was telling her not to say anything. And I think that's a really interesting part in the documentary Mm -hmm. to see her being like, I wish I would have said something. And everyone's like, well, we're not going to do that. And you see, I see both sides of that. I see why people are telling her not to, because as a public figure Mm -hmm. that can ruin Mm -hmm. you in a way. And it's also like, there's things you don't talk about politics being one of them. Like Mm -hmm. you just keep your beliefs to yourself and you stop. But what I love is that you can see that she stood up for herself. Mm -hmm. She knew what she felt was right and what she wanted to do. And she did that. Yeah. And I think anybody could and should respect somebody that feels so strongly about something that they want to stand up for themselves and share that, whether or not you believe with what she said or not. And I feel like she's so thought out and she's not reckless with things that she does or say. And so if she's saying something or doing something, it's because it it is really important to her or she believes in it so much. And I think it's also just like a stark opposite. Like, you know, when I don't, I can't think of like a specific example, but like for, you know, for her specifically, like she's just been like, she always, and she talks about this in the Miss Americana documentary, like be the good girl, sit and smile and just be a good girl. That's the term she uses. Be the good girl. girl. And to her, that means don't stir the pot. Yeah. Don't polarize people. Yeah. Don't, you know, and that this comes from that. And so I think because of every, everything reputation and things that had happened in the recent past with like Kim and Kanye, she's kind of like, she's like going from one side to the other strongly. And she's like, no, like if I believe this, like I'm going to, bring it up and i feel like yeah. she's now like presently pretty like she's not as like forward about yeah. it but she's still you know instead of and i'm not i'm not to say she's never gonna you know encourage people to vote or not vote for a specific person in the future like she has in the past but her main thing she says now is register to vote yeah vote 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 yeah do yep. your research, vote, 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 you know, which yeah. I think is really good of her too. Oh, absolutely. To encourage. I I know that they always say that like voter registration skyrocket when oh, yeah. she talks about it. So, and I have a stat Very on cool. that. Okay. So yeah, prior to the 2018 midterm elections, this was in October of 2018, Taylor endorsed candidates for public office for the first time. So she finally was like, I'm speaking out. I'm going to do it. And she declared her support for two Democratic candidates. And she not only did that, but she spoke out against a Republican congresswoman, stating that her voting record appalled and terrified her. And then she expressed her desire for LGBT rights and gender and racial equality and condemned systematic racism. And then this was kind of what you were talking about. So Mm -hmm. vote.org mentioned in Taylor's post reported that 65,000 people registered to vote in the 24 hours following her post. 
And they called that the Taylor Swift effect. And that was like an unprecedented surge, even accounting for like just user usual registration as deadlines approach. It was just, they knew it was because like of Taylor. Huge spike. That's crazy. Which is crazy. 65,000 people That's a lot. registering to vote in 24 hours. Yeah. That that's wild. That is wild. That's so cool. Way to go, Taylor. Yes. And so I think to wrap it all up, we have to talk about how in 2018 she won Tour of the Year, favorite pop slash rock female artist, and favorite pop slash rock album for reputation at the American Music Awards. With a total of 23 awards. She became the most awarded female winner in AMA history, previously held by Whitney Houston. That's crazy. And during her acceptance speech of Artist of the Year, she encouraged her fans to vote in the 2018 midterm elections again. So Yeah. And I feel like we have to end with this quote. So Taylor said, I always look at albums as chapters in my life. To the fans, I'm so happy that you like this one, but I have to be really honest with you about something. I'm even more excited about the next chapter. And I don't remember her saying that. I don't remember her saying but that. But honestly, I am with her. I I love Lover. I know. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm not trying to be like, I oh, we're done with reputation onto Lover yeah. because like I'm so excited to like deep dive into reputation and stuff. But so I mean, we know this. She's a mastermind. She knows what she's doing. She's planned her life out, mm-hmm. especially like I think her music and these chapters and these eras. And so I think that she needed to do this reputation era. I don't think it's probably her overall vibe, Mm -hmm. but I think it fit with what she was releasing and the music and the time in her life. But then I think she, you know, like she said, I am so happy you guys liked this, Mm -hmm. but get ready because what is coming next. I love even more. All that comes to my mind when yeah. we talk about that is the me music video. Oh. And the snake turning into oh, a butterfly. Yes, 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 that yes. That is all I can picture when you say That's that. That's true. Yeah, like, I hadn't even made that connection. It's so true. And we, our friend Krista, the other day, we were watching the Aerostore movie. <laughs> Weird. I mean, what else would we, yeah. we be doing? She made the most amazing <laughs> comment that we just loved. She said that, like, she something she loves about Taylor is that she she helps you appreciate different eras of your life. Oh, yes. Whether they're, like, sense. good or bad. And I feel like this is a good example of that. Like, reputation, like Taylor said, like... I'm glad you guys really like this. And like, like you said, like it's a part of her story. Yeah. It's a part of her life. This was going to happen. She's not just going to skip over it. Yeah. And it's, it's a pretty monumental part of her life. Oh yeah. But she is super excited to come out on the other side of it yeah. and see what is created on the yeah. other side of it. Yeah. And I just think that's so cool. It's okay to like, recognize and appreciate different eras of your life, even if it's not all butterflies. Yeah. And rainbows. rainbows. No, absolutely. And I hadn't like thought of that until Krista had mentioned that. Yeah. But it's so true. She does that so well. Mm -hmm. It's like, no matter what stage of life you're in, like you can can appreciate it and learn something from it. And yes. And yeah, I don't know. It's so cool. Make it what you want it to be. Yes. So Thank you so much for listening. 
We are just really loving doing this reputation series and it seems like you guys are loving it too. We also, something we've been loving to do on our social media lately has been to post some of these interviews that we talk about. And so if you're not following us on social media, make sure you go and do that. Our handle on Instagram is at typical Tuesday night dot podcast. And that's where we're posting. Yeah. All of the little snippets that we talk about in episodes and it's just a good time over there. I think it's fun to be able to see her actually saying these quotes that we're pulling out. Like it's one thing to hear us read it, but then to see her actually say these things. Yeah. I just think it adds to it. So I'm glad we started doing that because I think people like it too. So for sure. So come back next week where we are going to go over everything you need to know about the reputation album and to see Taylor rise up from the dead. She does it all the time. <laughs>